Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Andy Smart was back, wasn't he, Andy? Uh, He's been choosing his top five favourite movies from a different sporting genre every week. And we had a bit of golf today. Yes, I admire his dedication. He really doesn't just sort of... Blag it. What's the word? Blag it is the word I'm searching for. No, he really goes into it and he watches does. all the films. and he's, It's great. Yeah. Um, cauliflower ears have been in the news, and we thought, well, let's speak to an expert on, on uh, cauliflower ears. So we went with Jeff Probin. Former England prop, ne- yeah. Who neither of us knew actually had a cauliflower ear no, until he told us. I noticed it when I've seen him. Uh, Striker, <laughs> the best of Steve Bruce's excellent murder oh, mystery. Brought, brought to life by Ian Danter. Uh, some old clips, a clips rewind from 2006 we brought you. And we had a bit of a chat as well. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Uh, yeah, just briefly, uh, yes, we, we did break our record yesterday. Uh, but we only broke it by two for a very good reason. We, uh, oh, yeah. as, we as we passed 11.69, I played the uh, 11, 1,170th shot and shouted out, it's a record, which completely put Sue off. She missed the ball completely. <laughs> so we broke it by two. Dude, that's madness. You should have just kept going, Andy. You could have sort of blown it out of the water, couldn't you? I know, yeah. She was really angry with me. <laughs> for shouting. <laughs> Top work, she well done. Funny. Yes. Yeah, so we celebrated with a couple of cigars. We didn't really smoke them, just uh, last dance style. So that was a bit did, of fun. So, hang on. You, you, did you light them? No. Did you light both cigars? <laughs> no. You just sort of sat there with them? Re- no, look, they're really old. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that you, my son gave them to me the other day. He said, "Don't smoke them; they're too old." What? I wouldn't smoke so them anyway. Why did he give them to you then? <laughs> no, he knew I wanted them for like for a bit of a. You know, it's become a bit of a production. This whole thing now. I've got certainly has, quite carried yeah. away with it. And uh, coits, we've come up with a good set of rules. It's like twenty twenty. We play, we play for ten minutes. Yeah, and that's it. A time, and it's timed, and we have to get as many as we can get in that ten minutes, and that becomes the sort of record. So we found a way of playing together. So that, that's a bit of fun. I tell you what, I did do last night. I watched El Presidente. Do you know it's, what uh, I, the, I meant to say to you yesterday? I watched the first part on Sunday. Yeah, so I can. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on oh, this. Oh, good. One. I'm glad you did. It's, uh, it's shocking, isn't it? I don't mean well, shocking. We, terrible. we should I mean, explain really for those that don't know. Yeah. It's a Spanish language. It was made in Mexico. You need your subtitles unless you speak the fluent Spanish. Which sadly, I don't. Yeah, yeah. oh no, you definitely. And he went down the subtitle route, and it's (laughs) it's told. It tells the story of the FIFA corruption case 
uh, of course, mainly centering on what went on in, in South America. And it's told, isn't it, by the, the late uh, boss of Argentinian football, Julio Grondona. And it's told kind of posthumously. Mm. It, it, he tells yeah. the story from beyond the grave, doesn't he? <laughs> Honestly, though, what is he like? He's like a, he is like a character out of The Sopranos or something like yeah. that. It's unbelievable. It feels very oh. mafia-like, not surprisingly, oh. doesn't it, really, the way it's portrayed? Oh, it does. I mean, oh, it's a bit soapy, but I thought, and obviously I'd be reluctant to recommend it. You know, Tim Vickery would like it. You, I think you've got to have some assumed knowledge. You've got to know who these people are, Bielsa and Grondona and, you know, but if you do, then I think it's quite enjoyable. But it's, it's shocking. I found it utterly shocking to see the corruption reenact. I mean, you knew it went on, but it was so yeah. blatant. It was unbelievable. I think really. Leeds fans will like it because it does feature Bielsa I mean, during his time mm. in charge of Chile and whether he should be sacked or not under the new regime so I think I think the old Leeds fans might like to check it out yeah no, I think any Amazon, football fan Amazon Prime. some knowledge mm. yeah yeah, I enjoyed it anyway, so that, that was good. It's about, um, I think it's about six parts, Andy, isn't it? I mean, I've only watched part one. I think it's six Yeah, six, no, I've only watched parts. part one. It's quite I'm, long. Do you, do you find you're tending to do I'm, I'm fine. I'm tending to watch part one and two of things. So like maybe yeah. I'll binge watch it. And then I don't go back to it for about six weeks. We'll talk too to much Mike, stuff. We'll talk to Mike about this later on. I've done exactly that. I think, I think it's quite common. You know, I'll check a couple out. and I think I will come back to that, but I'm not. You know, it's, it's having to be something quite special to think, okay, I'm going to sort of hunker down and do a couple of series yeah. of that. So, but we'll talk to Mike about this a little bit later on. Mike Ward, our man on TV. And uh, but a couple of bits of planning news. You must have seen this one with the Beckhams. Yeah. They're at war with neighbours, apparently, according to the Sun, over plans to beef up security at their farmhouse estate. They've applied to build a gatehouse for two round-the-clock security guards at the entrance. But neighbours in upmarket Oxfordshire are not happy about it. And uh, and Jordan Henderson, he's having a bit of a problem with uh, geese. Oh, is <laughs> he? great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing then, well, the geese? <laughs> Uh, well, he's uh, basically his uh, plans for a lavish seven-bedroom home in Cheshire's exclusive Golden Triangle could be brought down by geese. Bosses at the nearby Manchester Airport fear a pond he wants to install in its ground could attract birds, including gulls, waterfowl that could fly into engines, endangering aircraft. So there you go. So you may oh, have okay. to do without his blimey. Planning news. A, planning news <laughs> on, oh, on tour sport. It's become it's become a real staple of the newspapers in a way. I mean, we, you know, we've been reading the tabloids mm. for this job for a while now. So I think we know trends, don't we? We've got used to it. But yeah. I, I, planning news is a fairly new thing, isn't it? I mean... It is. Clearly there's someone who comes in on a work placement who is just told to trawl every bit of... every planning application in this country <laughs> in the hope that it's that Jordan <laughs> Henderson or that David Beckham and, and there's a story in it. But it's become a real staple, especially of, of the tabloids. I know. It sort of appeals to all our sort of kind of envy or why are they having this bill or having that done? It's always people who are wealthy. You don't sort of hear oh, uh, Bob Jenkins couldn't get his fence put up. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's much bigger, isn't it? Well, I'd be interested <laughs> in that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, another thing that tabloid trends is, is we've talked about a lot over the years, tabloid thesaurus, where they can't write the one word. They have to write the same word again. They have to come up with another version of it. But this today, it defeated the sun, this one. It was about um, Rembrandt. It said a self-portrait by Rembrandt could fetch up to 16 million when it's sold next month. The Dutch master's artwork called Self-Portrait. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. It's thought yeah. I suppose you couldn't come up with another way. Of being, they did have a headline, Selfie Art, which I suppose in those days it was a kind of selfie by Rembrandt. He, he did about 80 of them. Not, oh, as okay, many yeah. as, uh, not as many as Rita Ora, for example, though. 
No, he sounds, he sounds a bit Kardashian-like, though, Rembrandt. A bit vain. I mean, of all the things you campaign, you do 80 pictures of yourself. That is it true. Is a touch. Yeah. It is in the Kardashian envelope. I'm going to. I'm going to make an art program. I'm going to make an art program. Kardashians and Rembrandt. It's, cha- it's got Channel Five, <laughs> ten o'clock written all over it. Talking heads. Same five <laughs> pictures shown. Same two bits of footage. Bang! I'll get fifty fifty minutes out of that in lockdown. <laughs> Bob's your good uncle. To me. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds very good. If, I can, if good. I can feature a shark in it or an A and E department. I may get a whole series. Uh, let's and, hope that's possible. Uh, talking of Channel 5 and those Scarlet Moff, I don't know why I think of her when I think of Channel 5, but I do. Yeah. She apparently thinks that um, we're being all being monitored by pigeons. They're spying on us. Yeah. And it actually makes, it makes no sense at all. I mean, she says, uh, I'm not saying all pigeons. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> She said, "She said that she thinks that, that some birds were cold and replaced with government-controlled robots to keep tabs oh, wow. on us. Government-controlled quite elaborate, pigeons. wouldn't it? Well, there have been these programs. It was on the other day, repeated. The kind of they 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 make um, natural history programs, don't they? With with kind of animatronic animals, so you can get close to them, and uh, in a way you couldn't. So maybe there oh, are yeah. animatronic spy pigeons out there, Andy. Well, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll keep." Scarlett certainly them. seems to think there are. Yeah, okay. Well, she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Clips of the Week. Well, kind of. Mm. Because uh, we are going back now to uh, 2006, July, August 2006. And uh, an old dusty box of mini discs <laughs> that uh, appeared in the office the other day, that uh, and uh, been kindly laid down by one of the team there, James Masterson. So we are just bringing you some old clips from uh, that sort of era, and uh, mm. we've not heard these since then, Andy, have we? Since two thousand six? No, we haven't. No, absolutely. Yeah, fourteen uh, got years. A few in, got a few intros to get you into them, and I'll kick you off. We begin with Derek Thompson and Graham Beecroft looking ahead to the Aintree races. And Beaky taking us uh, down one of his classic cul-de-sacs. Beaky, you should come this week. Ladies, well, you know, it's ladies' day today. Funnily enough, my brother was going to come. My brother's uh, had tickets for uh, for the meeting, uh, Tomo. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, his cat is not well. So uh, they've ah, got to stay. They can't put it in, right. uh, in the cattery. So they've got to stay at home. Oh. I think Thomas oh. slightly lost interest towards the end of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, don't come then. Tennis news now with Patrick Kinghorn. But we're going to get stuck into your calls after we have visited Wimbledon because we've got a new ladies Wimbledon champion, Lisa O'Sullivan. I never knew she was that good a player. What a player. She's unbelievable. Yeah. Tremendous. <laughs> Commentates on it, wins Wimbledon, which is well placed to be our uh, tennis expert, isn't she? Yes, good old Lisa. Here she is with a financial update. In the city this hour, the FTSE is up 24 at 5850, uh, sorry, 5880-50. 200 I've gone bust. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? Thankfully, she's on much safer ground when it comes to sport, though. Arsene Wenger has ruled out a move for Barcelona stroker, striker Javier Saviola. <laughs> no, one, no one wants to be a Barcelona stroker, do they? It's, it's, it's not good. Especially Was this the week where Lisa said, can you stop putting me in clips of the week? It might have been. <laughs> things, things may have changed since uh, 2006. Anyway, uh, Alan Brazil now taking a call. Let's move on. Let's go to Bark Inside Essex. And David, morning, David. Good morning. Hi. Um, first of all, great programme. Thank you. Um, I started listening to it for the World Cup, and I haven't had it off since. 
God bless. Well, that's what talk sport does radio. to you. <laughs> yeah. That's the power of talk sport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good clip. This is Mike Parry with news of a competition. Or a personal pocket radio to keep up to date with the other game scores and a DVT recorder. A DVT, well, I mean, it's quite useful, useful if you've had a plane. long plane journey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can have the socks or you can use Mike Parry's DVT recorder. More from Mr. Parry tomorrow. Excellent. Um, Nigel Botherway on uh, Fisherman's Blues here with some fishing advice for beginners. Because the thing is, is you've got to remember, fish haven't got fingers. Well, they have. I think you find, where do you think fish fingers come from? What they do is they take the fingers of the larger fish, they coat them in breadcrumbs, Nigel. Uh, look it up, mate. That's the way it tends to work. <laughs> Sticking with fishing and Keith Arthur, now talking to a caller who's clearly a big fan. Paul, Paul's on the phone from Willow Park. Hi, Paul. Hello there, Ken. Good morning, right. mate. I'm Keith. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's all right, though. Now he's been put right, I'm sure the caller will uh, will uh, call him Keith from now on. Um, what time's the draw? Well, the draw's half nine, Ken. <laughs> Maybe not. He just prefers the name Ken. It happens sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. This uh, is an old classic, isn't it, Andy? This one that's coming up, this was... This that's is a, very true, actually. Yeah, there we go. Talk Sports legendary voice of golf, Bob Bupka now, commentating on the open. It's for bogey, a big putt. Yells, and it gets there. That is a man-sized bogey. Oh, <laughs> use, what a terrible Use a man-sized tissue to get rid of it. <laughs> you do. That's a man-sized bogey. Uh, this is the former late-night presenter, George Galloway, introducing a caller. I'm going to Farah in slow because I always prioritize women callers, and I want more of them. Farah, thank you very much for calling. Uh, good evening, Mr. Ah, George. it's a man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sorry. He's quite happy no, being a man. It was much better than it was a man <laughs> after all that. <laughs> uh, we probably thought it was Farrah Fawcett made. I do with the Farrah was. Okay, anyway, carry on, Andy. Here's our late and much-loved cricket commentator, Jack Bannister, with news of a wicket. Triumphant Geron Jones, uh, Jones and Monty Python. They've struck, and one of the three big guns has gone. Monty Panesar, I think he was talking about there, Jack. Wasn't he? I like, <laughs> like the idea of Monty Python. With that big foot landing when he bowled. Fantastic. Exactly. This is Big Brilliant. Al now with a caller. Let's go to Devon, Exeter. I think Sean thinks different. Morning, Sean. Oh, right, Jack. Hi, yeah. Sean. Uh, I, I, I love the area, you know, I really would. I'm originally from Sheffield. Uh-huh. You know, it's, we've, uh, we've got to have a, a bowl. A bowl. A midfield ball winner, you know. I think they'd started early that day, hadn't they? <laughs> <laughs> or just or finished late. I don't know what was going on there. I don't know what, don't know what was going on there. Uh, this is the Moose with a quiz for Graham Beecroft and Mickey Quinn. Ipswich Town, right? Yes. Their celebrity fans include Brian Kant. Do you remember what he did? No. Play away. Play away, play away. I thought it was musical. Uh, well, that is musical. <laughs> play away was musical. Uh, Cliff Reese Jones. <laughs> Great, wonderful winger, come comedian, Cliff Reese Jones. Oh, what a lovely hybrid that is! Uh, back to a particularly throaty Alan Brazil. He's sounding very young in that last one. Throaty Alan, and he does struggle with those performance-enhancing drug names. World Olympic 100 metre uh, champion Justin Gatlin mm. facing a lifetime ban after confirmation he's B sample tested positive for t- 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 testosterone. Testosterone. Yes. T- 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 
Detestitosterone. Testosterone. What a player he was. A.E.K. Athens, two seasons. Tremendous. And finally, and on a similar theme, it's Big Al again. Mm. Another one I fancy tonight with Beaky is I'm a chronic insomniac. <laughs> uh, insomniac, excuse me, insomniac. It's just the way it's written. Oh, yeah, it's just it's the way it's the written. Way it's written. <laughs> Somebody had phonetically broken it up. Yeah, insomaniac. And there we are. So there's some old clips from, uh, from yeah. back in the day. What about that? Bit of fun, weren't they? Yeah, 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 those. yeah. What, 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 when was that? That was uh, 2006, July, August 2006. And. Uh, We'll keep um, plundering those old mini-discs and uh, hopefully bring you a few more over the next couple of weeks. Jeff Peters has been in touch. He said, I could see why Lisa was co- uh, confused by those stats. Uh, what she really meant to say was Manfield, Mansfield won Northampton nil. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course he did. Uh, the fans <laughs> eclipse. So, uh, Striker then. Let's bring you Striker. This is Steve Bruce's mm. Murder Mystery, his fantastic novel, one of three he wrote in the late 90s while still at Manchester United, um, and we'll rejoin it where we left off yesterday's episode 53. It's brought to life by the brilliant Ian Danter, his fine Steve Bruce impression. It's the letters for town manager Steve Barnes. He's currently drying his clothes uh, on the bankside in the morning sun after escaping from a couple of armed kidnappers by swimming along a reservoir. Cold, naked, bruised, lacerated, all these, and yet... I felt supremely happy to be alive. I'd been near to death, too damn near for comfort. But I'd returned from the abyss, and life seemed good once again. My clothes were not completely dry. In such conditions at that time of year, it was asking too much for complete dryness. I had to dress again, damp though my clothes remained. All I had was a pair of underpants, the tracksuit trousers and the top. Nothing on my feet, neither socks nor trainers. And this was the condition in which I had to get back to Lettersford or go west towards Oldham. Wonder where Mulcaster is. The direction I took depended entirely on the first form of transport to come my way. The vehicle to come along was a Ford Escort. An old couple were in the car. The man had a grey beard and the woman had grey hair. She was driving and driving slowly. They clearly left the house for a gentle ride in the hills. Then it would be home for afternoon tea and scones or scones you decide I signalled and waved frantically the woman did not stop the man turned to peer at me as they went away I must have looked an awful sight perhaps they were afraid I was some kind of escaped lunatic I was angry but on reflection decided I could hardly blame them people have been known to give lifts to mad people and eccentrics and to have suffered the consequences The next vehicle was a larger car, the kind that reps have. There was a single occupant, a man. He did not seem to give me a second look as he swept by me. By now I was becoming frustrated. I'd left the house that morning early, only to be kidnapped. The family at home and my agent expected me to have gone straight to the stadium. Inquiries to the stadium would prove I'd never turned up there. The previous day I'd reached the paranoid conclusion that the police were keeping tabs on me. So where were they now, when I really needed them? Ooh. And if you were driving along in your car and you saw a sort of six foot three, <laughs> a topless Mulcaster centre half in a pair of yeah. uh, very wet tracksuit bottoms, would you stop? Especially if you were, uh, you, the old lady had grey hair and the old boy had a grey beard. <laughs> 
I didn't stop for Cliff Richard. Why should no, I you stop didn't. for Steve Barnes? Why should you stop yeah. for Steve Barnes? A very good point, Andy. Why I should love you? That one where, where he goes, go west, young man, to Oldham. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Said, where is Molecaster? I think we know, don't we? <laughs> How did he know the old couple were having scones? They might have been having crumpets. I th- pure they, speculation. They might have been. I think, I think uh, Steve Barnes is more a scones than scones man. I don't know about you. I know. I love Dance's ad lib, so they're good. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, the, the cauliflower ear has long been a kind of uh, front row badge of uh, honour, but uh, I, I think I said Japanese early on. It's actually Chinese scientists who've uh, been working on something that will uh, kiss goodbye to it forever, the end of the cauliflower ear. Uh, We thought Mm. we'd speak to someone who has graced the front row for England, and it is, of course, Jeff Probing. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Paul. Hi, Andy. How are you? Yeah, we're not too bad, thanks, Jeff. I mean, thinking about you, thinking about you in your playing days, I can't picture you with a cauliflower ear. Was it not an issue for you? I've actually got one. Oh, have you? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. On, on, the, on, the, on the right side of my head, which you'd expect for a tight head prop, because you normally get hit by the lucid, you see. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, yeah, uh, but it's, it's not that bad. To be honest, I, I'd be surprised if there's many people would uh, bother with this. I mean, it's, what I would say is it's, it's probably better for other, other sort of injuries and other if you like deformities that could be could be around and um i mean it's 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 just a step on the way with this producing organs it's, it's you know what was stem cell technology is now 3d printing technology isn't it so that's right yeah that's yeah, how they're sure. doing it yeah, it's something is different it? isn't it you know um but i mean for, i think for a lot of players and certainly uh, the front row players it's, it's kind of like a badge of honor Mm. You, you kind of feel that if you get if someone's going to give you a whack, uh, you're obviously doing something right. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, a lot of us, it's it's a badge of honour, and, and you know, I can't see Graham Roundtree bothering to go and get it done, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine they're the first <laughs> phone call they'll make from uh, China. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two things I was thinking of: badge of honour and Graham Roundtree. So you yeah, <laughs> you kept it perfect. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, a bloke wrote to the Times today, uh, a guy called John Nicholson. He said that uh, uh, he played with a Scotland ex Scotland rugby union Campbell, uh, captain Pringle Fisher, who was my dentist, and he basically used to he used to basically put a syringe and withdrew the blood from his ear. Sorry if you're eating, and uh, he said that he said that it would work. It would work, and he said, "I'm now over seventy, and you'd never know I played in the front row." So he he said that he basically had it treated every week. Have you ever heard of anything like that? Yes, I have. I mean, I actually had it done. My wife used to uh, stick needles in my ears, and she was told by the <laughs> to squeeze the bottom of it. Uh, you know, actually, if when you first get it done, your ear just swells right up, and it's full of liquid blood, obviously. Uh, and if they suck it out, and you don't play again for about six or seven weeks. You, you go back to normal. But the problem is, obviously, as a player, you carry on playing. And um, you go out again. And you, when you, the second time, you only need a very light tap on it for it to swell again. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the cauliflower ears, you could have, could have easily cured them at the time by using a syringe, sucking out where the swelling was and just not playing again. But, of course, if you're a player, you want to play. And, you know, as I say, in a way, it's a badge of honour. So a lot of guys who've got cauliflower ears could have got rid of them, but never bothered. If you pick up away from this, Jeff, if you pick up a newspaper today, it's, 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 it's not pretty reading for the world of Premiership rugby. First, we've got a story just in the Telegraph there. We've got one story saying the temporary cut, the salary cap 
uh, could lead to a real talent drain state of Japan that seems to be fairly cash rich at the moment and, and attracting lots of players. So we could see a lot of good talent leave. We've also got this story saying that I mean, we saw five Harley Quinns players decided not to go back to training because uh, rugby doesn't have the money that football does to, to, to make sure they have a proper testing program. Uh, and then there's another story saying supporters have been asked to forego refunds because the clubs are so cash-strapped. This, these are pretty tough times for, for Premiership rugby, aren't they? Well, well, they are. But, you know, if you think about it, it's, it swings and roundabouts. You know, it wasn't that long ago when Premiership rugby was the one buying all the stars from all over the world uh, and actually bankrupting other unions by taking their star players. You know, a lot of guys from Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, um, Romania, Georgia uh, were all bought into the into the Premiership um, because they were international players in their country, uh, and the Premiership was paying the highest wages. So, you know, to a certain extent, it's what goes around comes around. Premiership are now feeling the pressure that they put on other unions back in the day. Uh, the, the French and the English unions are still the two richest club unions in the world and um, you know they still buy more players from other countries than other countries buy from us uh, you know a lot of the New Zealand players the star players that are in the premiership uh, from other countries have all come here because the wages were higher um, and realistically they were too high for what the game could afford given the gates given the revenues you know football is a different game the amount of money that football generates is billions the amount of money that rugby generates is hundreds of thousands I mean if you take the view that the rugby, uh, England rugby is supposedly the richest union in the world, um, they turn over as much as Tottenham Hotspur. You know, they're, yeah. not, they're not up in the major leagues. They, they don't even turn over as much as a Manchester United or someone like that. So um, rugby's still got a long way to grow and, and a long way to go before they start paying the sort of money that they're, they're paying out to their players now. Jeff, good to talk to you. Thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Good to speak to you guys. Cheers. Bye. That's um, Jeff Probin Thanks, there, Jeff. the former England prop. I, I sat next to Jeff at a do. I must have got on the other side. I didn't get on the cauliflower side. I've never really <laughs> noticed it <laughs> when I've seen it before. They are. Do you see this just briefly that they are uh, crowds set to flock back to rug, a new, rugby in New Zealand? So obviously yeah. New Zealand have probably handled this whole crisis better than anyone in the world. But at least that's encouraging, isn't it, that uh, fans will be going back there. So... Well, they're talking about rugby. rugby here as a summer sport, and they're, they're talking about this January-September switch for the game. Have you seen really? that, Andy? Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen that. Lots going on in the world of rugby at the moment. It's uh, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport, and Andy Smart will be joining us. Comedian, ball runner, comedy store player, choosing his top five movies. He's been doing it uh, in, with different sports uh, every week over the last couple of months, and we get to golf today. Um, I'm sure you'll have your favourite golf movie. Has it made Andy's top five? Uh, we'll find out very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Good afternoon. Uh, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Time to re-enter the world of sports movies in the company of ball runner, comedy store player, non-league um, journalist. What else did he do? He chases cheese. He goes on the crest to run. Um, that's it. <laughs> that, that'll do for now. Uh, Andy Smart, a friend of the show. Good afternoon, Andy. <laughs> Good afternoon. That is getting longer each time. It is. Well, it's yeah, true. It's, it's, I could carry on for hours. <laughs> yeah. I did everything you've done. Author, author of a fine book. Uh, it's uh, first volume one of his autobiography. Um, Hitching time still available. AA yeah. books still available. Um, so um, this has been a golf. great week. 
Is it? Yeah. Have you, do you, I think, just give us a, do you go back and uh, watch movies you've watched and re-watch them for this to make sure they're still good or do you watch stuff for the first time? How does it tend to work? Uh, what I do is I get uh, um, all the lists I can find of the top tens uh, for that sport and then mm. I, I, I give them a rating, uh, you know, uh, 10 for, the, for number one and then I take the top five movies and I sit down and watch them again. Oh, nice um, so I've seen oh. most of them. And uh, yeah, but I really enjoy it. I mean, like, there's, there's, there was one that came out of this week, which is number five, Tommy's Honor, which I'd never heard of, and uh, it turned out to be one of the, the one of the best films I've, I've seen for ages. It's great. It's, it was made. It was directed by Jason Connery, right. uh, Sean Connery's son, yeah. and uh, it's the story of uh, old Tom Morris and young Tom Morris, who basically old Tom Morris set up the um, the Open, the first ever Scottish Open. Um, he was the uh, groundskeeper at St. Andrews and also he was the town's club and ball maker. And, uh, and, and mm. strangely, he won, the, he won two of the, uh, the first four of the Opens held in uh, St. Andrews. And then um, from there, it went on to, he went on to Muirfield. But his son, Tom, young Tom, won it three times when he was a teenager. Which is incredible when you think about it. Oh, absolutely! It is. You, when you go to St Andrews, you can't move for plaques of old and young Tom. They're everywhere. No, you can't. What, what happened to young Tom when he got to about eighty? What do they call him then? Well, no, no, no. Well, that's that. You'll have to watch the film because uh, sadly he didn't quite make eighty. Oh, I see. Oh. Okay. But uh, it's uh, no, it's a hell of a film. Forever young Tom. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a big romance in it, and uh, it's mm. just yeah, it's just. A great film, hello. Let's uh, yeah, let's yeah, give no, you a bit you, of a flavour. Yeah, we're going to give you uh, we're going to give you a little bit of the trailer of uh, of this movie. Tommy's on it. Here we go. Before Tiger Woods, before Arnold Palmer, there was Tommy Morris. That young lad of yours will make a fine caddy one day. A caddy, son, yeah, and a caddy he'll be. Well, that's yourself you're talking about, Dad. What else would you be doing? Well, I'll be a golfer. Once in a lifetime. A prodigy becomes a champion. No one's ever won the Open by such a margin. You're here, but a gentleman you'll never be. There we are. You oh, probably caught good. Sam Neill there, the voice of Sam Neill yeah, is yeah. always a Sam mark Neil. of quality. And Peter Mullen, who's and I, uh, a very good actor as well in it. Oh, he's great. He's great in it, yeah. But I didn't realise also that golf was one of the roughest sports in the world in the 1860s. It was just so many punch-ups. Really? Because... Yeah, because of the amounts of money that was gambled on it, and they there was Ooh. sort of no crowd control at the matches, and they'd be <laughs> they'd be about to play a shot out the bunker, and someone would just push another spectator on top of them. It was like <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Was it all hickory shafts? Yeah. All hickory shafts and feather balls. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. They're going to. We watched them making the balls and the clubs and everything. And the first time he puts. Um, the grooves on a, on a wedge to make the ball backspin and all that. Yeah, it's all there. Hickory oh, Shafts, doesn't she read the weather on CNN? <laughs> <laughs> sure, She's very I'm sure she like does. Her. I'm she sure she does. <laughs> now, um, where can people find that, Andy? Because I think that's the other thing. We, we mentioned these films, but can people just go and watch it yeah, today? Yeah, you, you can get that one on Amazon Prime or, um, or Netflix. Yeah, yeah, you can get all of these on, uh, on, okay. on those two. So that's number five. I mean, five. They're, they're, they're like £3.50 or something to watch them, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, uh, Kevin yeah. Costner then, who loves You're a well sports movie. You're well out of movie. pocket on this series, I mean, yeah, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 
cost him a fortune. <laughs> what, what else am I going to do? What else yeah. am I going to do? <laughs> well, God bless you, Andy. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> We've so, yeah, as we say, Kevin Costner loves a sports movie, and, and uh, his, uh, people oh, yeah. will know this movie. It's a good film. Tell us about it's it. We're not going to play the clip yet. Yeah, we'll sorry. play it later. <laughs> oh, sorry. We don't rehearse it, so as you can probably tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing about Tin Cup is that he, that um, Costner actually plays most of the shots that you see. It's actually him playing. He's that good a golfer. And mm. it's just a... It's a, it's a I, I, I prefer... The comedy in this, it's very subtle, but it's a very funny film. You've got Cheech Marin playing yeah. his caddy. And basically, he's running this sort of shooting range, and then uh, <laughs> he, he sort of falls for his uh, a rival's girlfriend and decides that he's going to impress her by beating a, a, um, this bloke. And it's just it's, it's just some great great um, set pieces in this. And uh, there's, I don't know if we can give away the famous bit at the end, but it's. Um, it's probably best not to. It's yeah. Watch I mean, it, it involves. Yeah. I've got a little clip here that sort of leads yeah. you into the famous clip uh, at the end yeah. as he goes to hit his twelfth uh, shot of uh, a very meaningful round. So this is this is a little flavour of the film. Eleven. Now this is a twelve, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. Look at this. I, I don't know, even though what I'm feeling right, this is the most painful thing I've ever seen. You know what's crazy, Jimmy? If he doesn't finish the hole with this ball, he can't turn in a card. He's disqualified. So there we are, and then he hits the shot, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll keep our powder dry on that one. But uh, it's Ooh, got yeah, a very, yeah. very good cast, isn't it, as you say? And uh, it's, 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 got it's a great funny. Cast, yeah. yeah. Uh, Don yeah, Johnson's yeah, very good in it, isn't he? Don Johnson's brilliant in it. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's very funny as the baddie in it, and uh, it's yeah that that actual thing about the the twelfth shot that that's based on a true story of uh, one of the uh, one of the old American golfers. I uh, can't remember his name, Pat something, who, who's now a commentator, oh. and he and he and he briefly sort of appear, appears in the, the back of the shot at one point. Mm, so that's so, uh, yeah. that's a lovely moment. A lot of uh, yeah, famous on. golfers are in this, aren't they? Phil Mickelson, Stadler, and people like that. Johnny Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's set on the tour, so they sort of like they come in, and um, some of them are actually uh, at college uh, with the guy who wrote it. He played, they, he played on the same uh, team as them in uh, in the at college, uh, and then didn't go on to become a, a, a professional golfer, but became a writer instead. So, yeah, he knew a few of them. So on to number three, and this could be a number of people's uh, number one. Very silly film. Um, what, what, what have you gone with? Well, yeah, it was this all. It was this all Happy Gilmore, and I've gone with uh, Caddyshack. So, uh, oh, yeah, yes, I've given it away now. <laughs> no, I see. Okay. Well, we've still got two yeah. more. To, we've got two more to go, haven't we've we? Got two so more to go. Yeah, but then, yeah. Oh, I'm going off for yeah, a cup but, of tea now. I know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So Caddyshack, it's, uh, again... Uh, Caddyshack, uh, yeah. yeah. Tell us a, a bit classic. about it. Uh, it's a classic. It's a, uh, a Harold Ramis uh, movie, and uh, he decided to, to, to sort of get a load of... Because he'd actually been a caddy uh, when he was uh, a kid uh, at a country club, and so had his brother who helped write it. Uh, no, uh, Bill Murray and, and his brother, um, they, they, they sort of, uh, they'd been caddies as well. 
and they wrote this thing about a, a Bushwood Country Club and uh, the goings on therein between the uh, the posh and the nouveau riche, basically the battle that takes place on the course. And also there's uh, Bill Murray's battle against the uh, the gopher as well. My favourite line is where the Scottish uh, gamekeeper comes up and says, um, I want you to go out on that course and kill all the gophers. And he said, won't I go to prison? <laughs> and he goes, no, no, not the golfers, the gophers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it reminds you, how, 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 what a great comic actor Chevy Chase is as well. I mean, he's, he's brilliant, yeah, yeah, brilliant yeah. in it, isn't he? Well, the, those uh, Bill Murray and uh, Chevy Chase and uh, even Rodney Dangerfield, they were all just playing mm. minor parts when it was originally written. Right. And in fact, uh, the Bill Murray role was completely silent. So all that sort of stuff he does where he commentates on the, the Cinderella, the Cinderella boy playing at the, the Atlanta. He does this sort of false commentary as he's walking around doing his job. Um, <laughs> that was all just made up. It was all ad-libbed on the spot. So wow. um, their, their ad-lib sort of took over the whole film the three main sort of comedians in it it was on but tv yeah, quite great. recently I mean, I mean again where did you where did you watch this one and tin cup it's probably worth letting people know oh that one uh, that one uh, i just put in search on on my bt thing all <laughs> oh, right and it, and it popped up me, and it just sends sends you to whichever's uh, whichever company's selling it really so yeah okay. i think that was uh, netflix that one okay fair but, enough yeah right and listen, we're going to play another one out of, yeah go on we're going to play a little clip. This is uh, Rodney Dangerfield when he uh, pops his, pops into the uh, club shop. Can you me have a half dozen of those Vulcan D10s and set my friend up here with the whole schmear? You know, clubs, bags, shoes, gloves, shirt, pants. Hey, orange balls. I'll have a box of those. Give me a box of those naked lady tees and give me two of those. Give me six of those. Oh, this is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I'll bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the thing is, but Rodney Dangerfield, one of those lines, it, 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 yeah. a lot of comedians can get away with it because that makes no sense. You know, you buy a hat like <laughs> yeah, this, you, you get a three bowl of soup. It doesn't even make any sense, but it's still <laughs> no. funny. It's funny because well, Rodney Dangerfield says it. It was his first film, and he didn't. So, like, Harold Ramis would go, action. And then Rod, that was the first scene that they actually filmed with him. And uh, he would say, he would say action, and Rodney would just stand there and he go, riff. He go, come on. And then <laughs> oh, he, right. said, he said, well, he said, oh, well, that's when I'm supposed to come in. He said, yeah. He said, well, just say do your bit, and I'll go. So from then on, he didn't say action. He just went do your bit. <laughs> oh dear. Good stuff. Well, look, let's move on to number two. Um, what did you go for? Yeah. Similarities a bit with Tommy's honour, albeit in a different country. Yeah, yeah. This is the greatest game ever played. Hmm. Uh, which is the early life, early life of Francis Ume, who uh, is played by Sheila Booth, uh, and it's all about the 1913 U.S. Open. Uh, he gets invited to play by the president of the U.S. Golf Association, and gets to take on the British champions Harry Varden and Ted Ray. And it's just a great classic, you know, um, sports film with good and bad and overcoming uh, impossible problems, and it's fantastic. Yeah. It's a brilliant book as oh. well. We did this as part of the book club with Luke Moore uh, mm. a, a little while ago. Oh, fantastic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic book that the film is, is based on. So we recommend that as well. Yeah, yeah. And the fact he's got a 10-year-old uh, as a caddy as well, that's always good. Yes, right. Yeah, the kids. <laughs> yeah, the kid's brilliant. 
Really we, we'll give you a bit of a flavour of the film. As we said, there are similarities when you, when you listen to the trailer. It's a bit in a world, as you can imagine. Uh, but uh, have a listen to this greatest game ever played. He was born with nothing except a dream. There must be a way for somebody who's not a member to compete. You're a caddy. Golf is a game for gentlemen. It's not for your kind. He was given no opportunities except the ones he made. Those men don't have to earn a place in this world. It's given to them. We're not those kind of people. Well, there we are. So a bit of a flavour, a, a bit of class war, much like uh, yeah. old and young Tom and all that and uh, and stuff. But uh, yeah, very, very very good film. So um, okay, yeah. well, uh, we reach number one, uh, Andy. And yeah. is it Caddyshack or what are the other ones that you, you that nearly made it? Oh, not Caddyshack. Is it? Um, well, is it not Caddyshack? Is it Happy no, it's, Gilmore. It's not Happy. It's not Happy Gilmore. No. Oh, okay. Um, it's not the squeeze. That was a that was a terrible film to, uh, about hustling golf in Vegas. Uh, there was From the Rough that came close. A woman's uh, swimming coach trains a, a college golf team of underprivileged kids from all over the world. Um, a gentleman's game, which is uh, another country club golf events of one summer. Um, there were a lot of comedians made comedy uh, golf films. Uh, W.C. Fields. It's well worth a look on YouTube. The golf oh. specialist. Right. Uh, and also uh, the caddy, the caddy with Mar- uh, Martin and Lewis. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Pat and Mike with oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Pat, Pat and Mike with Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy, and even the Three Stooges did one called Three Little Beers, which is a dreadful <laughs> film. It really is. You didn't go for Donald <laughs> Duck's one, the... Donald's golf game. You didn't go. <laughs> that didn't no, make I, it. I didn't know. <laughs> There's a great scene in School for Scoundrels as well, where he's, he's, uh, he's basically teaching him how to... Yeah. Alistair Sims teaching Ian Carmichael how to cheat at golf, which is just... If you ever want to cheat at golf, that's the one to watch. <laughs> Goldfinger, of course. But, uh, yeah, there's plenty yeah, of films with a bit of golf in it. Now, oh, yeah, is, uh, that's true, yeah. Yeah. One of my, yeah. It was, just, it, it, it made, it, it was just a, a brilliant film to watch. It's The Legend of Bagger Vance. Okay. Yeah. And uh, all right, then let's I'll tell, tell us a bit more about it. We'll play you a little clip in a moment. But tell us a bit about the film. Well, the plot is loosely based. Well, it's based on a book by uh, Stephen Pressfield, who wrote uh, this uh, this book about. It's, it's it's loosely based on the Hindu sacred text, the Bhagavad Gita, Blimey. where the warrior, yeah, where the warrior Arjuna uh, <coughs> refuses to fight, and the god Krishna appears as a Bhagavan hence uh, Bhagavant, to help him to follow his path as a warrior and become the hero he was meant to be. So oh, nice. it's sort of, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's got this sort of Hindu teaching through it, which sort of is all about, you know, um, you know, it's almost like the force, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's how he deals with the adversity. It's about a, a young lad who's gone off to the First World War He's the only one of his unit to survive this terrible massacre, and he comes back and starts drinking. And before he went away, he'd been a bit of a golf star, and he gets to play in this big, this big game. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's got everything that a sports movie should have, basically. Yeah, you got the love interest. You got Charlie's Theron with um, with uh, Matt yeah. Damon and uh, Bagavant's plays. You said played by Will Smith, and we'll give you. This is the first time Bagavant turns up to meet uh, Matt Damon. We need someone from Savannah in the match. Who's that? I could have killed you out there. Oh, no, sir. See, I set myself directly in front of you. Judging by how you was hitting them balls, I figured that's where I'd be out of harm's way. Bag of Vance, the name? 
So there we are. And uh, again, so Andy, is it, was this easy to find if people fancy checking it out? Yeah, yeah, it's all there on it's all there on Netflix or Prime, Amazon Prime, um, good, and good, it's good. Uh, it's directed by uh, Robert Redford, who, who always does a good sports film. And originally, it was going to be him and Morgan Freeman playing the uh, the two, and uh, and then he realised he was too old, so he yeah. got Matt David and Will Smith in. And it's uh, yeah, it's just based on a game with Bobby Jones and Walter Hagen and this guy. Uh, who come, uh, are a junior who comes in to play against them. It's, I loved it. It was just yeah, Excellent. very small to see, but it was great. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Andy, what do you want to tell us about? I'm still reeling from the uh, item in the news, the sports news, that Marco Silva says that refereeing decisions uh, led to his sacking at Everton. He thinks, the lack of self-awareness of these people is incredible, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's all down to the referees. Now, you had nothing to do with it at all, yeah. whatsoever. I mean, to blame it's the whole amazing, thing on them, it? to say that they had maybe a slight bearing... But uh, to say that they were the kind of central uh, thing <laughs> that amazing. did it does, does seem a touch over the top. You see, Brighton, Andy, have gone down the route a number of other clubs do. It'd be interesting to see how many clubs do this. Mm. We were talking yesterday about Wolves, and now Brighton are the latest to give you a presence at the home games. Uh, £20 for a cardboard cutout. The, the money going to a great deal of that going to charity beyond the production costs. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good fundraiser. Yeah, it's good absolutely. fun. It'll look better. It looks and nothing looks worse than the, just the they're going to have to dress the stadiums in some ways. Because they just, are. Have you not uh, seen this? Uh, the Premier yeah. the Premier League mm. are basically going to have this curtain on the lower tiers, and the Premier League mm. I think are fronting it for all the clubs uh, because yeah, it allows them sense. to also have sponsorship and advertising on it. But. But they are going to do that because it, it does, you know, you see... And the grounds. ball won't get lost under the seats as well if there's something there to yeah. stop it, I suppose, which is also a problem. Um, you see, the, <laughs> this is a funny sort of an analysis, this. Olive, oils, olive oil sales are up 22% as lockdown oh, yeah. Brits cook meals usually had on foreign holidays, say analysts can tell. You think, have you got anything better to analyse than that? <laughs> What's the <Yeah>. point? 
Start yeah, working well, on a cure. The, the other thing, Eddie, <laughs> people yeah. are still, they can't get over the, Wayne Rooney's hair. That seems to be a bit of a recurring mm. theme in a number of newspapers at the moment. And they've turned to Craig Henton from the MHR clinic to ask uh, his opinion because we saw a picture mm. of Wayne training and uh, where his hair got a bit sweaty and a bit wet, you could see it was a touch thin. And um, it may be, according to Craig, uh, that he has run out of donor hairs. Um, (laughs) Everyone accepts he uses thickening powder. Well, I I take your expert word for it. When he doesn't wear those, we get to see the real extent of his hair loss. Who cares? Sweating can cause hair to clump together and highlight thinning hair. I wouldn't know, but yeah. He, he could have used all his viable donors and the back of his head may have nothing left to give. What a moment that is when you realise the back of your head, his, the back of his head had nothing yeah, left nothing to give. Left, had sounds to like one of those Andy Smart trainers. <laughs> it is odd. I mean, you know, he's of a certain age now and he's... he's He's married. He's got kids. And what does he make? Sort of mid thirties. He goes bald. So what? I don't get this sort of thing that you have to have. You know, I would say this, of course, but I don't, yeah. it's, never, it's never held me back. So uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> well, the, well, the, the star that you've become. <laughs> oh yeah, very much so. Um, uh, one thing. Uh, sometimes you look at photos in the paper. And you think, how's this happened? And this is a photo outside Waterloo Station yesterday. And yeah. a Transport for London worker is photographed giving a free face mask to a commuter at Waterloo Station because you know everybody has to wear face masks now on public transport. Sure. But the woman herself is not wearing a face mask you think how does that work <laughs> i'm going to give you this face mask to protect you and me but i'm not going to wear one it's it. maybe oh, it was hers think... maybe she passed it on that wouldn't be a good idea either would it don't be, don't be sharing face masks that's not a great idea it wouldn't anyway, be ideal the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport there we are that's uh, how the show unfolded today we're back tomorrow from one callum Beatty, fun uh, singer songwriter will join us and mr parry more mayhem from him uh, in lockdown, as I think as he counts down the seconds till the pubs reopen. <laughs> He's so, claiming uh, it as a victory. I think he is. He <laughs> says it's all down to him. So anyway, uh, that and a whole lot more. Until then, have a great evening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.